0: Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message.
1: We are going to talk about a very familiar story today, and I'm going to try to hopefully keep it brief. And I actually have that many notes, but we'll see what Jesus does. Um, I want to talk about Bartimaeus, okay? Um, a very well-known character, I reckon, from the scripture, whether, you know, you're, you're Christian or not, whether you've been in church or... Lot or not. Um, But it's so familiar that I actually didn't know where it was. Um, I actually had to find it in the Bible. You know those stories that you you can tell? You know the whole story, but you actually don't know where it is. Um, There's loads of them for me. Um, So we're going to go to Mark 10. Okay, we're going to read it from, from Mark. Thank you, Jonathan. You can probably take that down. Mark 10, 46... 52. Now in a slightly different um, manner to how I usually do things um, I'm actually just going to read the whole thing and then I'll just give some some commentary from it and we'll maybe break it up as we go. Um, So Mark 10, 46. Then they, they being Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus a blind beggar A son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, saying, Jesus, son of David, have pity and mercy on me now. And many severely censured and reproved him, telling him to keep still. But he kept on shouting out all the more, You, son of David, have pity and mercy on me now. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And then they, they called the blind man and telling him, take courage, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his outer garment, he leaped up and came to Jesus. The blind man leaped up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has healed you. And at once he received his sight and accompanied Jesus on the road. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Now, I did a little bit of study, as I usually do, in terms of names. I think names are very important, especially in the Hebrew and Israeli culture. Um, names are very important. And so when I read a story when Jesus um, illuminates a particular story to me, I like to look at names. I even did a study on, on the name Clapham and Battersea. We'll talk about that at some point um, uh, that's very interesting. So the son of Timaeus. So that Bar, Bar Timaeus. Bar means son in, in, in Hebraic, so I'd be um, Bar Michael, you know, that would be my name. So whenever you see Bar or Ben, you know Judah Ben Hur, you know, from the film, it means son of. So what is Bar Timaeus' actual name? No one knows. No one actually knows his name. They don't know his name. They know his lineage. They know his heritage. And I'm going to assume, seeing that he was by Jericho, that maybe he was from Jericho and they maybe knew a little bit about the family. Now, there are two meanings of Timaeus or son of Timaeus. Okay? And it's interesting because I believe Bartimaeus had an opportunity to decide which side he falls on, right? So, one meaning, if you study it out, is son of the unclean. The other meaning is son of honour. So you have the son of honour, son of the unclean. Two very drastically different interpretations of this name, Timaeus. Now, from what some of the scholars have said, that it's, it's probably that like he came from quite a prominent family. He might have been known. But the moment he was blind, he was now excommunicated from this family. Now, instead of living in his Jericho, he had to live outside. Now, instead of living in honour, he was now living unclean. It's interesting how one person can have that duality. And Bartimaeus had to make a decision, and we'll see this throughout the narrative, which name he lived under, which heritage, which legacy he lived under. Was he going to identify as the son of the unclean? with his blind beggar self on the roadside, or was he going to identify himself as a son of honour who has the right to speak to the Messiah? Bartimaeus, we don't know his real name, and we never do. <laughs> we're going to get to heaven, and he's going to walk up to us and say, hey, I'm, and we're like, who are you? From Mark 10, you remember? And we're like, no, I don't remember. Oh, you probably know my father's name. You probably know me by my father's name. I'm going to say it one more time. You probably know me by my father's name. They don't know us out there. They don't know who I am. I walk past them, we drive past them, they don't so go, that must be David Powell's car. I say, oh, That must be Jean. that must be Karen. That must be the one from... But do they know us by our father's name? Is that not the challenge that is now being presented to us as CCF? All these wonderful words that we received from Jesus last week, right? That the challenge is now, will we be identified by our Father's name? And actually, to some, they may consider us to be blind beggars outside, just making up noise. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of a field on the fifth week of such and such month you just noise, blind beggars on the roadside. Shut up. We're trying to get on with our, our life. We're trying to get on with what we're, in, what we're up to, what we're into. You're disrupting society. You're making up noise. I don't need to hear from you. Shush. Stay there, you blind beggars. And on the other side, they regard us as the sons of honour. And there'll be some who turn to us and say, what is it that you have? Because I can see something on you that indicates that you're different to everyone else. There are many bunches of people who probably take a guitar into Clapham Common and sit there and play some songs. Trust me, it's Clapham. You know the type of people that live in Clapham. Yeah, have a little guitar, and you know, let's go have a little picnic and someone brings out the guitar and sing some indie songs. Let me not stereotype. I just did, but God forgives me. God's still working on me. <laughs> Need to do another week of a fast. Anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: We're not going to be the only group with a guitar. We're not going to be the only one group making up noise and having fun and, and, and walking around, talking to people, engaging and whatnot. Stop someone there midway through their 5K run and get a word of knowledge, and God says, yep, yeah, interrupt. What's that? Whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah, you've got to run after them. See how fit you are. <laughs> you've got to do 5K just to catch up with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're there trying to, trying to interrupt these people's lives and are you prepared to be considered blind beggars? If it means you can also be one of honour. If, if, if you can somehow get to a point where you're comfortable with being rejected, with being pushed aside, with being ignored, with being mocked, then maybe you might prove yourself to be worthy of the Father. Maybe. Okay? not worthy in the sense of you need to do some works for it but the fact you do have your father's name Jesus, it says with Jesus in John 1 that we beheld his glory as of the only begotten son of the father like when they saw the glory that Jesus walked in they went immediately this is not no normal Rabbi. this is not no normal miracle worker of which there might have been many in Israel at the time they said no, this must be the son of the father that is the glory that he walked in John 1 tells us that okay and in John 17, Jesus says, That same glory I give to them. So the glory that we walk in is a glory that when they see us, they should say, they must be of the Father. But do they? When you walk into that board meeting, do they do they say that? When you walk into that, when you walk into the canteen, maybe it's not board meeting, maybe it's just in the canteen. Do they say, ah, oh, that's that's the Christ Ian? Right? the little Christ, that's the Christian. You can tell by the way they speak, by the way they carry themselves. You can tell by the light that walks in the room when they come in. You know, does your Muslim PT leave your session and go, something about her is different. How much light are we shining? When we leave this room and we walk back into, go to our cars and whatnot, is there a marked difference in the atmosphere? And if there isn't, why not? And if there isn't, what do we need to do? What, what do we need to change? What do we need to adopt? What do we need to pursue in order to have that level of influence that they know, that they know, that they know that we are here? It's happening all across the world. Areas and, and cities that are being transformed because of the presence of Christians in that place. It's happened over the years. It happened hundreds of years ago. It happened with John G. Lake. He'd walked in, into a city and there were no more sick. He'd empty hospitals. This is before the internet. This is before medical research. Was, people probably didn't even know what he was healing. They called everything the plague back then. <laughs> <laughs> could have been leukaemia. Could have been this, could have been that. Whatever it was. And he's emptying hospitals. You see how crazy that is? Think of your local hospital. And you walked in, and I'm not saying you're even laying hands on the sick, just you walking in and walking past empties a ward that your shadow might heal son of the unclean or son of honour it speaks to a prior story and maybe a little bit of a reputation amongst his peers maybe he was the fifth son of Timaeus maybe he was the first son of Timaeus what I can probably gather from what I've read in some of the scholars and and, and Hebraic culture he wouldn't have been necessarily the favourite son the fact that he was blind would have maybe brought a little bit of shame on the family. Maybe they were asking questions. How do I know that? Because do you remember in John 9, 3, when the disciples saw someone, I can't remember what the situation was, but I think someone who was lame or whatever, and they said, well, whose fault is it? They don't answer that question in isolation. They answer the question because culturally that's what they were looking to do. They were assign fault. So this baby's born. Let's say he was the fifth child, right? The first child is born. Yep, that's my son. The eldest uh, The second child is son, yes, that's my daughter, Salome, let's call her. Um, then the third child is born, Ruth. The fourth child is born, David, David. And then this beggar, this blind child is born. That's not my son. Maybe mum and dad started to question themselves, What's wrong with us? What's happening in our lineage? You take them to the priest to be dedicated. The priest is now starting to to assign blame and assign sin, and, and all these questions are starting to uh, maybe maybe she stepped out. Maybe it's not Tameus's son because Tameus has produced four you know four children of, of esteem, and and this fifth child has now come out with all these issues, and he's going to have to live his whole life on the outskirts of the city. Jericho means flagrant. Uh, I mean, fragrant. Sorry. Okay you have to move him outside the pleasant smell because he stinks. The unclean has to be removed from the fragrant city. Maybe Timaeus, his dad, felt shame for all the years that Bartimaeus was alive, questioning himself. He brought shame on the family. He was now the picture of shame and disappointment as he sat there at... The side of the road. His infirmity excluded him from his inheritance. Okay? It's very likely that he wouldn't have been able to inherit um, anything from his family, seeing that he was now excluded. He was now on the outskirts. He was forgotten. Mm -hmm. Right? Just like the lepers, you know, this is how unfortunately they dealt with these situations back then. So his infirmity excluded him from his inheritance. His position. Okay, sitting on the roadside, a blind beggar, excluded him from his purpose. As a male Jew, he would have had a sense of purpose in the community. He would have had a responsibility. They would have looked at him as, as a teacher, as a father, as a this. All these things now that he is excluded from because of his position. His position excludes him from his purpose, and his blindness would have excluded him from his birthright. They would have cut him off. Spiritually, they would have considered him cut off from the promise of Abraham. You're not one of us. Something's wrong with you. So we're going to hide you out there. Something must have happened to you. For you to lose your dignity this way, for you to bring shame on the name, something must be wrong. Maybe they're saying that about us. You guys had a building. He had conferences. I've seen your band. I've heard your band play. What happened? Maybe they're looking to our father and our mother and they're saying, well, something must have been wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't hear from God. Mm-hmm. They've run that church into the ground. God is punishing them for their sin. Mm. They're unclean. No, we don't. No. I used to go to that church. They used to have an evening service. I always would make sure i go there for, you know, twice a month just to check in, or maybe they're soaking service in the middle, I used to go there and just ah, the Prince of God I I imagine maybe it's not the same anymore because they're in a little upper room, I've heard they're in some little school in Clapham there's only about 30 of them every week, if that and that's counting the kids maybe they're saying that to us maybe they're looking to assign blame because they see us cast out from the city that we used to Living and they've pushed, and we've been pushed outside the city limits and somewhere forgotten with the rest of the unclean, with the other beggars. Maybe they look at us and say they must be blind because they've been going around in circles for 10, 12 years. Since they lost that building, they've just been going from one place to the next to the next to the next, disguising it and dressing it up in prophetic utterance, saying that they're nomads, da da da. da. They're, talking about the wilderness this season and may, maybe they're looking at us and going ah, nah or maybe we're saying that about ourselves maybe we're struggling to pray for the ministry because we're so weary that we've now got to a point where we consider ourselves to be unclean and we're just just waiting for it to change Do you know what I know? There's an awesome truth about blindness. That's what the Lord told me on Friday. The awesome truth about blindness is that it teaches you to be dependent on, one of, on another. You cannot be blind and exist by yourself. Right. The Amplifier talks about this word faith and it says it is the leaning of the entire human personality in absolute trust and confidence in his power and his will. Okay. Sometimes it throws some extra words in there, but that's what it says. The leaning of the entire human personality. When I first read that, we're going back 10, 12 years, and the Lord began to speak to me about what faith looks like. Okay, If Des walked in and he saw me like this, he'd be like, what is he doing? After a certain while, he's like, he's about to fall over. He's going to fall over. And maybe he would rush to my aid to just just steady me. Because this, in the natural, appears unsteady. But if I was to do this same move, it's now not unsteady because you know I'm leaning against something. Are we prepared to, like a blind man would, be totally dependent on one other. We're going to get real in a moment. Totally dependent. <laughs> Where we lean every single thing about us on Jesus. Where in the natural, they say, you guys look unsteady. You look like you're about to fall over. You look like it's all about to fall apart. You're literally holding that worship team together by... You know, literally by the, the, the whatever you call it, it's 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 about to fall apart. How many ushers do you have? None, but we're leaning. How many services do you have? Just what we can, but we're leaning. How many people in your sound team? One. How many people in the projector team? Three. But we're leaning. How many people do multiple jobs? Everyone. (laughs) Because we're leaning. And in the natural, we look unsteady. Like I said, natural, it looks like it's about to fall apart. If you saw a blind man walking down the street, you immediately go, oh, let me adjust myself because they may need assistance if you're a good person. They may need assistance. But then the moment you see them with someone else or the moment you see them with a guide dog or, or whatever... You then your 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 nerves maybe dissipate because you oh actually no they're okay. I didn't realize they were with. This is the question that I had to face for the past two, three years. As the worship team got smaller and smaller. God said, Are you leaning? Because and this is this is the truth, I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna be real. I'd like to be real, start with myself, then I'll get on your business.
0: <laughs>
1: I would go to events, let's say. I was at, I was at one last night with, with Lucy. And what would typically happen, how do you guys know each other? We go to the same church. Then they hear her sing, they, they witness what she does, and she's still as incredible as ever, you know and they come up and they say, your church worship must be amazing. Why? Okay. Or I'd be on a gig, and a musician would come up to me and say, oh, I <laughs> heard so-and-so plays at your church. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, whew, Your Your worship must be amazing. Your worship must be of a certain quality because you've got these world-renowned... This is what we, we had, Okay. You have these world-renowned musicians in your building. You have nationally recognised people in your building. So your worship must be amazing. And it was amazing. I'm not saying it wasn't. Mm. But what were we leaning on? Mm. What was I leaning on? was I leaning on the fact that I had this level of musicianship and and songwriting in in my team and renown? And I felt, okay because I look at that list and go, yeah, yeah, Sunday will be fine. Because I can lean on Mm -hmm. human Mm. as opposed to leaning on Jesus. Mm -hmm. So Jesus allows us to go through this moment where he goes, "Okay," Mm. Mm. And it felt like, Mm. (laughs) Jesus, and again. (laughs) (laughs) And this is not because of what I was left with. It's because what I was used to leaning on. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I had to become accustomed to being Bartimaeus. There is no more name. I do not get asked that question anymore. I realised it this week. I said, oh my gosh, no one's asked me. In about two years, does so-and-so play in your church? Does so-and-so do-? Everyone knows what's happened. Word has got out. Things are different now. They don't have X, Y and Z. We don't have to go there to check it out anymore. What what do I have? What am I now leaning on? I have a gen. I have a gen. Now, she may not be known outside of these four walls. But she's known in heaven. Come on! So what am I leaning on? Because when I reflect... I'm sure she won't mind me saying, we've had conversations where she's been very honest with me about where she's at, about what she's going through, where life is at. So when she worships, that is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing someone who's had to trust him. Not saying that the others didn't, they did. But that's what we're experiencing. So what is my faith in? Is it in the 3,000 or the 300? Because there's a story buried in the Old Testament of how 300 can overturn an army. So if that be the case, and you look at the numbers, 300 to 3,000, then I can take 30 and do more than I did with 300. I can take 8 and do more than I could do with 80. Because I lean I'm prepared to appear like a blind beggar. That, as the scripture says, is severely censored and reproved. They'll tell me to keep still, but I'll keep on shouting. Like, Jesus, show up. Jesus, come on. Jesus. Every Monday, this worship team's on the call going, Jesus, come on. Jesus, come on. on. Have mercy. Jesus, Jesus, show up. Jesus. Jesus. And we're crying out to this Messiah, we're saying, Jesus, where are you? We need you on Sunday. We can't do this without you. We and I hear them pray and I'm blessed. And I, I finish the call and I'm like, I say to the knees, sometimes I'm like, wow, did you hear our Bola just prayed? Sunday's gonna be amazing. I don't like I actually got asked to do a gig in two weeks' time. But I'm about to turn them down. Because I don't want to miss church. I don't want to miss it. Because I know what he's doing here. There's a there's something special. There's a there's a measure of presence being birthed out of the vulnerability of, an, of a bunch of people who are prepared to lean and say, even if I may be mocked and reproved and I appear to be blind, like I'm going in, in I don't know where I'm going, I am dependent of, on another. So my faith isn't in what man says is the qualifier. My faith is on the fact I've got Jenny he has been here 30-odd years. And every first Sunday of every month, as long as I've known, Jenny comes around with those communion elements and says, here you go. OK? Here you go. And she serves. She serves. She serves. My faith now can be on the fact... I've got a Deborah. Was it probably about 10 years ago, or so? the Lord gave me a word. We were, oh, no, longer than that. We were younger. Um, and we were in the house, and she showed us a new song, as is the custom. Listen, guys, I wish we, I wish we had cameras, because those moments, man, either one of us would show a new something. she showed show us a new song, and I remember the Lord spoke to me about her being a scribe, sitting next to the king. You know, in the king's court there was a scribe and their responsibility was to hear the stories being told and write them down. So when you start singing her song, you're singing the song of a scribe who sits next to the king. So I can lean on that because Jesus has brought me a scribe. Jesus has brought me honesty. Jesus brought me vulnerability. Jesus has brought me... Life, and more abundantly. That's our worship team. That's the position we're in. The awesome truth about blindness is that it teaches you to be dependent on another. So, we can see ourselves as having failed, or we can see ourselves as being dependent. And we have learnt, now that God has stripped away the building, the teams, the numbers, ushers, we've got everyone doing everything. Just, where do do I sit? Look, wherever there's a space. (laughs) (laughs) We've done away with, you know, pews in the traditional sense. Just, you know what, we'll figure it out. Just sit and enjoy. (laughs) And God says, trust me. Will you still trust me? It's interesting because, actually, let me just read this bit. We've been stripped of everything we could have relied on. Everything we could have presented as a badge of honour. Okay, the son of Timaeus, he would have had a robe. He would have had, an, you know, he would, maybe he had a ring from his father. He would have had a particular presentation which indicated his family and the level of wealth that his family had. A badge of honour, you can say, oh, I am so and so. I am this person. I'm here. Oh yes, oh, we worship in Mayfair, yes, yes. Two off Oxford Street, take it, a take look. It Fancy old building. Right by the embassy, yes, yes, yes. Did you know Eisenhower used to worship it? Yes, yes. God is good. a great greatly to be praised. Now we're like, yeah, we're in the library. Um. <laughs> we'll get to that. And we thank God for the library. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for the library, <laughs> we'd be on the street.
0: <laughs>
1: we'd be like Bartimaeus We'd really be out there on the <laughs> Thank God for David. <clears throat> I actually, I saw the um, the headmaster earlier, and I was just yeah. like, "Thank you, brother,, yeah, Because <laughs> this could have been a very interesting few years. <laughs> right? You know, we lose the building, we lose this, we lose that so that we might be truly dependent. And maybe, I'm going to say this, maybe in the midst of our conferences, maybe in the midst of hosting these great voices from our generation, maybe in the midst of all of that, there was an element of us that wasn't leaning. Maybe we took solace in the fact that Cindy Jacobs was coming to us. So there's a part of us, maybe just 1%, you know, that little leaven that you finish it. Spoils. Yeah. Maybe there's a little part of us that was like, "Well, we've had Sean Foyt come down, we've had Ray Hughes come down twice. We get a word every six months from one of these generals. Yeah, we're good. Maybe that's why the miracles didn't show up in Mayfair.
0: That's
1: so what you said to me on Friday. So maybe this is why. He said, maybe, Dave, oh, a Dave a son, it was called son, didn't it? Maybe, son, I didn't show up because you weren't leaning yet. And I had to teach you to lean. You were declaring miracles in Mayfair, drive by miracles, but you weren't leaning. You weren't prepared to have the shame of a blind beggar. Where you have to extend your hand and say, Get me there. Mm-hmm. Take me there. The next step is yours. Mm-hmm. We weren't ready yet to lean. So he says, Miracles in Mayfair, pause. Mm-hmm. Start with Clapper. Mm-hmm. I may take you back to Mayfair, mm-hmm. you may go back to Melis. start with Clapham. before you learn how to heal those ones out there what about the one in your midst have any of you called so and so have any of you popped in to see have any of you checked in on you want to be these people you know healing the masses in the most prominent area in London Oxford Street thousands of people daily every Sunday you are guaranteed to have thousands of people how about now when no one walks on that balcony? Can you be dependent? Can you lean? When one sense is is gone, and we see this in biology, the others are heightened. We as a church one lost we lost one main thing that we lost the build Everything else is now heightened. Our prayer is heightened. We've seen that this week. Our worship has heightened. We see that every week. Our revelation of Jesus has heightened. We could have given up and died on the side of the street, but we kept listening. We couldn't see, but we would listen. We don't see necessarily what he's doing and what he's promised. We don't see these miracles in Mayfield. We're not even really in Mayfield anymore. There actually might be miracles taking place in Mayfield. We don't know. We don't see what we were told about, but we're still listening. Mm -hmm. We kept our ear out, waiting to hear the footsteps of the Messiah. Like Bartimaeus, Mm. blind. He cannot see, but he can hear. Mm. So he's he's listening. In the absence of sight, his hearing would have been sharpened. Mm. What is it that he heard? He heard the reprimand of others. He heard the mock. He heard the disgust in their voices as he was screaming. But then he heard the footsteps of love. And he heard the voice of Jesus, just like we did last week. Thus saith the Lord. And now our response is, Son of David! Don't, don't, don't leave. Because we, we weren't seeing, we couldn't see, but we were listening. And now we've heard the voice. So now what is our response? Because we could just hear the voice and go, Ah, oh, that feels good. At least he walked past us. Or, we can act like Bartimaeus. Verse 49, Jesus requesting him to come in the same manner that he did last week when the word was shared, Elder Judges did a very, very good job of just very plainly saying, this is what Jesus is saying, right? This is your year according to Jesus. That's what it is. So you need a new song? Go get it. I want you to do this. Go and do it. (sighs) So Jesus requests him to come. And in verse 50, can we go to verse 50 real quick? I look, this is my favorite part of the story, it always has been from day one. And throwing off his outer garment, he leaped up and came to Jesus. Does anyone know what his outer garment was? In Hebraic custom, they had to, as a blind man, wear an outer garment which indicated to others that they were blind. Could he see yet? No, no. But what does he identify as? One who could see. So he takes off his garment, and he goes, right. A man you can't see, who was always dependent on one another, he said, now I have a voice to follow, I don't need you. And he says to all the other beggars, I'm okay. Maybe um, Peter, not Peter, yeah, Peter might have tried to help him out. Maybe Judas Iscariot might have said, hey, take my arm. And then I'm fine, I've got a voice I can hone in on. And he leaps up, and he goes to Jesus. But the best part is the fact he took off the beggar's garment. Mm -hmm. He switches identity before the miracle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Before the miracle showed up, he identifies as the son of honour. I'm no longer the son, son of the unclean. I'm no longer the blind beggar that you once knew. I now... I'm stepping in as in part of the crowd and if, if time stood still right at that moment you would not have known he was blind. Because from all appearances he appeared just like everyone else who was following their Messiah. Scriptures scripture says there was a great crowd. There's a whole move of God sweeping this country. And we've been on the outskirts. Just waiting. I just need to hear him. I just need to hear him. And then 2024 hits. And he says, Come. CCF, come. Amen. And now what we need to do, what we've done this week, Amen. and what we're going to do for the rest of the year, okay. We do have miracles. It might not be Mayfair, but we do have miracles in our church. Amen. We had one Wednesday, we had a few Wednesday night, didn't we, in our prayer time. We do heal the sick, we do save the lost. All those things we spoke about that we maybe didn't identify as because we were on the roadside. Now we're taking off that garment and we're going, no, 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 no. I've heard the voice of my Messiah and that's all I need. Mm -hmm. And he gets there. Verse 51, already identifying as everything he had lost. He identified as everything, he, he identified as a son of Israel. Okay? We know that because of the way he refers to Christ as son of David, have mercy on me. Okay, he's now stepped back into his heritage that has been God given heritage. Just the same way we are now doing that. We're stepping back into what God has already called us to do. Taking off that beggar's garment, right? We're identifying as everything we've lost. I said this to the worship team all through last year. We need to take risks okay? I've said it to Jonathan before. When, when we start preaching, move the stuff away. Why? Because I'm practising. I'm practising for when there's a thousand people. I'm practising for when there's cameras. And you can't have wires and everything at cam- when there's cameras. There's a certain level of professionalism we need to have. So I know there's only the same people I've seen every week for the past 20 years, right? I know we're all fan. I know you don't, don't care if there's a um, water bottle on the windowsill or not, but I do, because I'm identifying as something that I lost. Because when we were made Mayfair, there weren't no water bottles on the windowsill. Because everything was all prim and proper. bit of gold here and there. But oh, because now we're in the library, we let like, our standards sit. No, 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 no. Push it back. Do this. Do what we can. Act like we've been here before. That's what the kids at school say. Act like you've been here before. Carry yourself a certain way. I'm not talking about Pride. I'm talking about trust. Mm-hmm. I said it last week. How many of you feel like you've got a healing ministry? Hands shut up. Okay, act like it. Come on, heal the sick. I'll come back to you in a month's time. Tell me, how many did you pray for? How can we support you? Who do we need? Oh, this has happened. Hey, here's my number. Or here's a number of all these different people in the ministry who. They say that the Lord has told them that they need to heal the sick. All right, cool. I've got a sick grandmother. Okay, I'm going to call this person. You will be now expected to walk in that which you've been called to walk in. It's no longer going to be on Pastor Julie to do it. It's no longer going to be on Pastor Rod to do it. That was one of our badges. We have Rod Anderson preaching every single week. You know, you talk to people at different events, different conferences, who you know the Andersons, and they would always talk about it. Oh, I must come down to check out your church. I remember hearing him preach in Emmanuel Centre in nineteen ninety-two. Changed my life. I must come down and check out. People would come to our church for them and not for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> because there was there was a something attached. Oh is Well Anderson still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He preaches at the first, first Sunday of every month. Okay, well, I'll, I'll think about coming down. Mm-hmm. Everything. Think about like, that. I've been thinking about it since I got this word two weeks ago. Everything we could have used as a badge of honor, our worship team, the level of teaching, the the building, the this, that. Even the buildings that weren't ours, they still look so fancy. Take a picture of a Marlborough. Was it Marlborough? Yeah, that was the next one. Take a picture of my This is where we do church. Wow! It's amazing. It's not ours, but it's ours. It's so our badge of honor. This is where we meet. Anyone taking a picture of the library?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Posted that on Instagram? <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not offended, don't worry. All
1: good. No, 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 no. But God's right there. And he's going, I see them in the library. I hear the fervent prayer. I hear them giving up time in the evenings to pray, to come together. I see them making mistakes. I see them turning left when I want them to go right. And I see them coming back round. I see that worship pastor and I know he ain't going all together, but I'm going to show up. Because he's leaning. They are leaning. And now that they are finally at this point of exhaustion where they lean and they lean and lean, now I can move. So he was already identified in verse 51 as one who had his sight. Jesus says, What do you want from me? All he had to do now was ask. Mm-hmm. There it is. And what did he ask for? Sight. Mm-hmm. First word of our year, seeing sight we have everything we just need a sight now we need to see and God's saying now I'm ready for you to see CCF you've taken off your garment you've come close to me you've stepped back into your birthright, you've stepped back into your purpose, stepped back into your inheritance now I'm ready for you to see What does verse 52 say? Go your way, your faith has healed you. Mm -hmm. Your leaning of your entire human personality and absolute trust and confidence in me has healed you. Mm -hmm. The restoration we desire will be ours because of our faith. And our faith is proved in how much we're ready to lean. Identity and identifying as someone... That was great timing. <laughs> it's interesting because the Lord said this to me on Friday and it absolutely blew my mind. So this this outfit I'm wearing, um, it was a Christmas present. And when I received it, I said, I'll wear it the first Sunday I preach. I didn't know why I was saying that. But I said it. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it, the first Sunday I preach. And then, in the following week, I got this message, Bartimaeus. Oh, okay, cool, cool. And then I started to put the notes together. And then on Friday, God was like, come, come downstairs, I need to talk to you. <laughs> so I went downstairs, and I was, thought I was going just to sit there and pray. He said, no, 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 preach your message. Preach it to me, this is what he does. Every time I'm getting ready to... This beautiful moment. Every time I'm getting ready to share a message, in some point in that week, he would say, Preach it back to me. He said, Son, give it back to me so I can breathe on it. So I started to just go through my notes. I always just look and I pick a point that I can just go from. And I got to that point about identity and throwing off his cloak. And he said, That's why I want you to wear that outfit. Mm. I said, Why? He said, Because when you walk in with that outfit, people already connect you to a culture, a heritage a region in the world. Whether they know you or not, they look at you and say, oh, you must be from... you follow what I'm saying? In the same way God is saying, we must adopt and wear an outfit, that they look at us and go, you must be from that part of the world. Where? You must be of heaven. They will hear us speak and go, your language is a little bit different you must be one of the ones that hang out with Jesus. Mm. And different, in, you know, in a different manner to Peter, we're not going to deny it. We're going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that tongue. You'll hear the accent. You'll see by the way I dress. You'll see by the way I carry myself. You'll see by the things that I do. I had the awesome privilege of sharing Cynthia's testimony with um, um, about healing from this week. With someone at work who has just got a diagnosis of a very serious and incurable illness. And they've been working through this, and they said to me later in the week, they were like, It's finally set in what I have to live with. And I, you know what I said to them? I said, I'm gonna tell you a story, it might freak you out, but stick with me. And they told them, And I told them what happened on Wednesday night in our prayer session. And they sat there and just listened. And they finished, and with a tear in her eyes, she said, thank you. Amen. And I said, I'm going to pray for you, and this thing is going to go. Because I'm acting like I've been here before. Amen. I'm acting like one who has been told, January 2011, I want you to heal the sick. That's when he woke me up from my sleep, and he said, this is what I want you to do. Amen. And then spent 18 months teaching me. Amen. And then the first one, September 2012. He said, right, now go. After practising in silence, walking past people's houses and they would tell me, pray for this person. Sitting on the tube and he'd say, pray for this person. Okay, do I tell them? No, 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 no. I just want you to trust me. Last night on the call, Elder Deji said, he was praying for me, and he said, um, and this is, this is the challenge, guys, for all of us. He said, um, he's one of the people that obeys God more than anyone else I know. And I heard that, and you know what I said? I went, do I? I immediately started to discount what he was saying. I immediately thought about how many times I would wrestled with God. And I said, no, I can't. He said, he gave a report, a testimony. He entered me into Hebrews 11, the chapter that never ends. And I turned around and said, no, no, take me out. I'm not, I'm not that guy that you're talking about. And this morning God said to me, do you remember how you thought, that the thought process that immediately came in your head. Mm-hmm. When someone says, you guys are going to go out and heal the sick, yeah. how many times have we turned around and gone, us?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you sure about that one? Like, have you seen us? Okay, maybe we need about 10 more, maybe we need about 15 more. Yeah. Yeah. And we start putting all these these things on, on identity. No, 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 this is who you are, CCF, get used to it. Get used to it. This is who you are. He said it about me and I went, do I? No, I don't. My name is Sarah. Sarah, she, when when God said that this time next year mm. you'll be with child, what was her response? Oh. She laughed. What does Hebrews 11 say about her? Does it say she laughed? Mm. No. It says she considered that he was able to bring his promise to bear. But in Genesis, it tells her that she laughed. In God's story, in Hebrews 11, he says, she trusted me. So in my story... I turn around and say, yeah, but Lord, I remember when you asked me to do X and I didn't do it for 10 years and you asked me to do this and I didn't do it for four years and I was writing all these songs, I was writing all these poems and I was hiding them away and and I was writing all these book ideas and I was praying for people but not telling them And you told me to go do this and he says, in my story, you have trusted me. In my story, CCF, Mm. there is no blind beggar moment. Mm. In my story... There is no son of the unclean moment. In my story, you are not blind Bartimaeus, because mm-hmm. the phrase blind Bartimaeus is not in the Bible. But how many of you know him as blind Bartimaeus, mm-hmm. even though he can see now? Yeah. (Laughter) <laughs> 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 <stop>. <laughs> <laughs> And um, look, really. Yeah, yeah. And that once he received his sight, and yet go through all Christian literature, he was referred to as blind Bartimaeus. But he's not blind. The prodigal son is not prodigal. But religion would rather keep us in the in the mess of our story. CCF. They would love to define us by the past 10, 12 years. They would love to define us by what we lost. But we will be known in his story by what we gained. What we gained was the ability to lean. In total dependence, now we've learned how to trust him. What have we gained? It's faith that produces healing. What have we gained? A new identity. I don't wear that robe anymore. I don't identify as a church that's lost the building that's been grieving for the past 10 years. Nah. I'm standing here as one, just ready to inherit my miracle. Amen. Ready to receive. Father, whenever you do it, you're going to do it. I just know you're going to do it. Amen. I'm good. Yeah. If it's another Sunday in Clapham, cool. If it's another six months in Clapham, cool. Yeah. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're not going to act like we're, you know, like... Um, the old church, you know, they would always sing those songs about the sweet by and by because they had an escapism um, mentality where they saw darkness and immediately our response is, Well, Jesus must be coming back soon. No, no, no. If there was increase in darkness, your response should be Isaiah 60. Darkness shall cover the earth, indeed, great darkness, and the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon me. Amen. If anything, darkness should have us with tears in our eyes and say, Jesus, please, not yet because there's more to come. Mm-hmm. Jesus, not yet. I haven't yet preached to my manager.
0: That's
1: right. My manager hasn't found Jesus yet. And if you come now, I will never see them again. Mm-hmm. And they will spend the rest of eternity away. They will never receive their healing, and that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Actually, it might be an act of God's mercy that Jesus hasn't come back yet. Mm. Have you ever considered that? Mm. Classical Christianity tells us in the sweet by and by, we stand there waiting for him going, come, 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 Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And I'm not saying that's not a valid prayer, but when we say that, say that with an urgency, we go, but if you're not going to come today, I've got some sick to heal. And if you're not going to come today, (laughs) I've got some lost people to save. I've got a world that needs to hear you. I've got another Instagram post to pull up. I only got three people liking it (coughs) the last time. And then my old friend, he, he sent me this really, really hateful comment about my faith but I've got one more in me because there's one more person who needs to hear your truth. I've got one more sermon, Lord. I've got one more prayer. Jesus, don't, don't, not yet. If it's not today, okay, I've still got time. They've still got time. Clapham still might be saved. London still might be saved because he's not here yet. The Muslim community, they need you. The Sikhs, they need you. The Buddhists, they need you. They've been searching for the wrong light. Mm -hmm. And in their search for enlightenment, they miss the light of the world. (laughs) So I just need to show them the light of the world because they're looking for light anyway. So I say, hey, you've been looking for light? I found him. You've been looking for a return to Messiah? I found one who lives forevermore. I think it's in First John three one and two. You don't necessarily have to turn there. But it says, "What manner of love has been bestowed upon us, that we might be known as children of God?" It goes on to say that even though we may not know what we're going to look like in the hereafter, when He appears, verse two. If you go to verse two. When he comes and is manifested, we shall, as God's children, resemble and be like him, for we shall see him just as he really is. That scripture is being used as a scripture to talk about the return of the Lord. When he comes, we shall resemble him. But actually, if you study it out, it's not talking about his return, it's talking about his constant appearance and his revealing in an environment. So when he appears, we resemble him. So our role here at CCF is to help them appear. There's darkness. Shine a light. They're sick. Heal them so that Christ might appear and that we might resemble him because we will see him and they will see him as he really is. And the final thing the Lord said to me was that I am reconnecting you to your heritage and lineage as children of, of the Father. That's what this is all about. That's what this year is about. All the different things that have been said from Elder Deji, all the things that we thank God for his pursuit and for his diligence to sit there and listen and listen till God was finished speaking. Sometimes very easy to get up early. You end up with a half-cooked meal, which makes people sick. (laughs) But he didn't do that. He said, I'm going to wait. And when I'm finished, and when he's finished... I'm going to share it. And when I share it, the next week will be summarised following. I'm connecting you to your lineage and your heritage as children of the Father. And this is what children of the Father do. They go out there, they have worship sessions that change an area. They have a level of influence in the spirit that crime drops remarkably. Mm -hmm. That police officers come up to us and say, when's your next prayer session?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Can we, do you mind if we sit in on it? Because I heard that you're the guy, you're the reason why crime has dropped in the area. Mm -hmm. And we say, yes, let me introduce you to Jesus. And Superintendent Smith, or whatever his name is, Mm -hmm. comes to find Jesus. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then maybe because of that, he cleans up his unit. Mm -hmm. And some of the atrocities that have been committed against some of these people in the less affluent areas of this area, all of a sudden start to disappear. Maybe the institutional racism that we've been talking about for however many years since the McPherson inquiry in the Met Police, maybe that disappears because Christians decided to pray.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Or we can sit there and watch the news and just mock because they're all going to hell. Or with tears and eyes, we can say, wife, son, daughter, turn the TV off, we need to pray. Because this is breaking my heart. I can't see another black boy get accosted like that. I can't see another school go down the drain. Can't see another generation lose their sense of purpose. Can't see another pandemic hit and we have no response. And the government have to make all the decisions instead of coming to the church and say, Where's the wisdom? You told us that you were healing. Can you come into our hospitals? Because COVID is empty in the hospitals. Not the Christians. Why? Never again. Not on our watch. Not on our watch. Father, we give you praise. Jesus. Blessed be your name. be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to your name. Father, there are lives to be changed... Lives to be changed. There are requests that have come in, Father. People who need healing, people who need the ministry too. There are people in this room who need strength and wisdom. Family members. Who are unwell. Long term sickness, long term affliction. Jesus, we identify as those who have the answers. We take off the robe of destitution and blindness. We stop feeling sorry for ourselves. We gather our robe together. We gather ourselves together. We leap up and we run to you, Jesus. We are ready to see. We are ready to see. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.